0: From the advertising media capital of the world, New Milford, Connecticut. Wherever that is. This is Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, a bi weekly ish podcast about all things automotive marketing. Now, here's your host, Matt Wilson. This has got to be the only uh, automotive podcast hosted by a former radio person, former automotive marketing director, current agency account director. It's such a niche thing that I appreciate you folks listening who would find this stuff interesting. Mostly automotive managers, marketing directors, vendors, those kind of people talking mostly about automotive marketing. Of course, the world is a crazy place right now, right? And so we're spending a lot of time talking about what's going on with the... uh, We call it the bad flu at our house for our kids, the bad virus. But, of course, it's affecting the world in a lot of crazy ways. And most importantly for us and this podcast, we're concerned with how it's affecting the automotive industry, which is uh, the business that I'm assuming anyone listening is involved in. And so I spent a lot of time on LinkedIn reading about what is going on. And I came across uh, Rob Ruth and uh, some of his content and posts about what's going on in Pennsylvania as how the automobile dealers are uh, dealing with what they can what they can and cannot do uh, in Pennsylvania. And I wanted to uh, learn about that and see if it can help some other dealers. So joining me now on Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, the president of Bob Ruth Ford, Rob Ruth is on the phone with me. Hey, Rob, how you doing?
1: I'm doing good, Matt. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, thanks for taking a few minutes uh, to come on with me and chat about this. I know you're fighting the good fight in Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time talking to dealers all over the country. And one thing that I've been uh, seeing is confusion from uh, a couple of aspects. One is what can you do in terms of um, keeping your business? Uh, afloat and keeping your employees working and keeping your customer base happy. But the second part of that is what are you allowed to do based on your state and essential and non-essential. So I think it's pretty much a given around the country, at least the dealers I'm talking to is that service is, is air quotes essential, right? Cars have to get fixed and repaired and cared for and kept on the road. But there seems to be depending on the state there seems to be some um, differences in in some areas, it's essential in some areas, it's not essential. And I think that you and I can agree that uh, it's essential. the sales size, the variable upside uh, of a car dealership is essential. Um, so in Pennsylvania, it's not being considered that way right now. Why?
1: Well, that's a great question, Matt. Um, that's, that's been the uh, source of my frustrations. Uh, you know, we were considered essential and service, but the sale of automobiles is non-essential. And, you know, I don't know where you draw the line in a car dealership between sales and service because in a sales aspect, you know, we promise service. And some of that is customer service. And our customers have a lot of information. They need a lot of information right now and the only people actually generating any kind of income are, are technicians and it's really not feasible just to have customer repair work with no internals, no cash flow coming in the business whatsoever from any other source to to be able to sustain this for very long. And there's there's no information from our government. It's just been a black and white. You can service cars, but you can't sell them in any capacity. So. Extremely frustrating. Um, I've been very vocal from it about it from the start. Uh, you know, they they said we were non essential. They shut us down in sales, and then they started giving waivers out to certain dealers where certain dealers could sell, and then certain dealers were advertising they were the, the only ones in the state open. Um, it's just uh, it, it's just an extremely frustrating situation, and I know we're not the only industry out there, but um, you know, obviously it hits us. Home a little bit harder here, you know. Just talking about it.
0: Has the Pennsylvania Automobile Association had any luck with the Governor Tom Wolf's office, like communicating, or um, are they getting are getting any feedback, or is it just like radio
1: silence? <laughs> It's radio silence, what which is even more frustrating. And, uh, you know, I, I got to give so much credit to our PAA, uh, Pennsylvania Automotive Association President, uh, John Devlin. I mean, he's been he's been a, such an advocate for dealers and he's getting no response. No one from his office will talk with us. It's just uh, pure silence. I mean, it, everyone, I've talked to legislators, I've talked to, you know, our House representatives. I mean, he's just hiding and he, he won't even communicate, which is at least tell us if you're going to make a decision, at least be upfront and communicate why. Um, You know, I I don't think any business owner out there wants to put anybody in harm's way, you know, with this virus. I I don't want to come across the wrong way. I mean, we have to first and foremost find a safe way to conduct business, but we're going to have to do this for months from now as well. So it's frustrating.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I think too, like, I think New York. I'm not exactly 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure in New York uh, you can continue uh, online sales, right? And then you have like a safe zone for delivery. Whether it's a as long as you're um, abiding by the CDC guidelines, or you're outside, or you have an area that has been disinfected on office of some kind, and you're you're abiding by the CDC social distancing guidelines you can continue to do business. So like in a neighboring state in the same area, like why, I don't know. I just, I, I just, I don't understand why the governor's office, I would think I was reading your post that I was getting frustrated too. So I'm like, what is, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Like it, so the whole point of essential and non-essential, I'm assuming, is transportation is considered essential, right? Obviously, public trans- public transportation is going on. You can fix cars. You can service cars. My wife got a flat tire the other day in her, in her uh, Nissan Rogue, and uh, I haven't gotten it fixed yet, but like, I can go somewhere and get it fixed. But, well, what happens if that car breaks down or dies or, I, God forbid, get into a car accident and I need to purchase another car? Uh, uh, what do I do if I'm in Pennsylvania?
1: Well, Matt, that's um, a, a big source of my frustration as well because we are we kept our business development center um, functional, and we're fielding calls daily from people with situations just like you're explaining. And a lot of them are essential workers. A lot of them are doctors, nurses, police officers. So we're we're directing them to go to other states, which is uh, against what the oh. governor wants to have happen. Right. You know what? Else, what else am I going to tell them? And like, we can't help you. I mean, I'm not going to say that we're not trying to put some business down the road and communicate with these people. Right. But those in in dire need that need to do something now. I mean, we're going to be we're going to communicate. These are the facts. This is what's going on. Yeah.
0: I I can't believe that it's radio silence from the governor's office. Like you would think that even if they're going to say, listen, we don't think it's essential. And here's why, at least you're getting an answer as opposed to just nobody communicating with you as to what's going on.
1: Well, Matt, I mean, we have a process in place where it's completely virtual. We can do your finance paperwork online, you know, all DocuSign other than three pieces of paper that need wet signatures. And we can deliver a car to somebody we don't. We don't even want anybody in in our facility right now. Yeah. Why would I, I? I don't want to have to control that, you know. So we can kind of put our own boundaries in with our own staff, and you know, protect each other. And we want to protect the public, and we don't want to spread germs. So what? What did that do? That taught us how to be adaptive. So in a short period of time, with you know, we've come a long way. And then having a brick wall in front of you with a with a governor that won't communicate back. I mean, I, you know, I can't do anything at, at this point other than just communicate what's going on. Hopefully some noise just wakes them up and just says, you know, this is just not right. I can't do this. I mean, shut down construction. You shut down the automobile industry. But you can go get ice cream at the local ice cream store, you know, stand with, you know, 15-year-olds working at it. Yeah. Chick-fil-A, Target, Walmart, all these things are open where people are just walking through. I mean, I, I feel... 10 times safer walking through my car dealership with just our staff than having people come in.
0: I was saying to my wife, we were um, on our way to a doctor's appointment uh, a couple days ago and we drove by Dunkin' Donuts and the line at the drive-thru was like out onto the road. And my, I thought like, I get it. Like you're essential. You have to go somewhere you got to eat. But my thought was like, okay, first of all, buy a coffee maker. Like why take an unnecessary (laughs) risk in terms of, uh, you know, going to the drive through getting a donut. Like, you don't need a donut, but you need a car to get where you have to go. Like, I, I know um, that it seems – maybe that's dumbing it down a little bit, but that seems obvious um, to me.
1: seems common sense. I mean, that that's just – that's the point of, you know, just being vocal and communicating. It just it doesn't make common sense. There's what? no common sense here. What co- Other than the governor doesn't believe us as an industry can adapt. Which you know, is that's crazy. That's the only – that's the only thing that actually – would make sense he i think he believes some will and some won't but he's just making a decision as a whole and you know it, it's, it's a little too much government action for for my taste
0: what can other dealers in pennsylvania do to help just make a lot of noise
1: at this point you know we, we either just decide for ourselves that we're just going to you know take take the law in our own hands or right you know or make noise yeah and that's not that that's not the point i mean i'm not I have no interest in litigation. I have no interest in, you know, breaking the rules or putting anybody in harm's way. I just wanna be able to hire some people back, get some cash flow because, you know, as dealers our our cash is sitting in inventory. Yeah. And it's depreciating by the day. Like yeah, right. I, I I'm a I'm a high volume used car dealer. So all of the resources of that company that I can use to actually help people, employ people, is tied up somewhere where we're not allowed to move it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're making a lot of noise. I've seen you on, you're on the local news. You and your wife have been making some YouTube videos, I mean, I think you're doing, you know, all you can do. And I think that to encourage other dealers in your state to do the same, and maybe some dealers that are in other States that are having the same issue can, you know, who don't know what to do can also, you know, make some noise, make some videos, talk to their uh, dealers association, but, you know, as it drags on farther here, now we're, you know, <clears throat> you know maybe mid-March, we take a look at when this all started. And now we're looking at our first full month of, of you know, being closed. Um, it's hard to know what else to do, to, to, you know, to get the governor's office to listen or to move, you know, to move the policy or whatever. You know, it's hard to, hard to know what your next step is.
1: I, I completely agree. I don't know. You know, I, I really don't know other than just trying to continue to be innovative, train, use the time wisely. I mean, I, I'm the type of person I got to stay busy in some capacity. Yeah. Um, I just don't think it's healthy for any of us just to sit still. Yeah. I think this is a great time for, for us as dealers to really, you know, take a, have a, some reflection and look at what we do and, you know, have an idea of what this world's going to look like moving forward. And we, we're going to have to adapt. It's not going to go back to, you know, busy packed showrooms on Saturdays and so forth. I mean, it's, it's just not even feasible for who knows how long, if ever.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, when, when you watch the news and you think, all right, you know, when's one of the things going to go back to, you know, air quotes, normal. And it's like, you know, you can't pick a date and go, okay, on this date, everyone can go back to doing the way the, what they were doing before. Like, it's not going to happen like that. It's going to be like, okay, this industry can go back to work. And these people can do this, but you still can't have these types of gatherings and you still can't have this many people in an establishment at once. Like it's not going to be like, Hey, it's September 1st. It's over. Everyone go back to the way it was. It's not going to happen. It's going to be different going forward.
1: Well, think of the, think of the consumer, you know, they're scared. You know, there's a lot of people out there that just don't want to leave their house because they're scared. So if as we adapt and we innovate, I think those are the ones that are going to win moving forward mm-hmm. um, they, and we're more convenient and that's what they want. They want, they don't want to take up too much time. They don't want to sit in a car dealership for three, four hours. I mean, I've been saying this for years and we've been adapting and transitioning to this. This is just, this is a matter of, okay, now you don't have a choice. Now it's, you know, we have to completely go full on implementation of you know, the way things were already going for
0: dealers that are in your situation, what can they do for their employees in terms of morale? Cause it's gotta be hard on the people who work for you.
1: I mean, I, I just believe that if we adapt and we put the right processes in place and we can move fast with it on the other side of this, there's a huge opportunity. Oh yeah. So that's, that's what I just, um, you know, you don't want them to lose hope. I mean, I have, Sixty-five cars sitting to be delivered that we just can't. Oh. I, I I can't find a a lane to go in. There's there's no lane at this point in time. Other, than, I, I mean, I guess I could reach out to other states and other dealers in other states and wholesale. Um, but I I think that we've learned a lot in a short period of time. And uh, you know, my my people are excited. We've always um, we've always been pretty efficient. You know, I I think we'll come out pretty well on the other side. It's just surviving right now. It's a survival mode and we've gone from 130 employees and we're under 50 in three weeks, you know, so we have to adapt. We got to survive, you know, it's a cash flow game. It's not a income statement. Um, the income statement isn't pretty, but hopefully, you know, the balance sheet can, can help dealers survive, you know? Yeah.
0: Well, I appreciate your time. I hope, um, that other dealers listening uh, may have found this helpful and that other Pennsylvania dealers may also uh, want to join the, join the, uh, the noise making. And I wish there was more that uh, me or this podcast could do for you, but hope, hoping that getting the word out helps, uh, yeah. helps, helps a little bit.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it, Matt. I mean, I think uh, if I can speak to Pennsylvania dealers, it's it's not a time to retreat. It's a time to attack. It's a, t- a time to attack internally. What can you do if these are the boundaries that we're going to have to face? But we got to do something. Sitting yeah. still and doing nothing, you know, it's it's not a good equation.
0: Yeah. Uh, Rob Ruth, president of Bob Ruth Ford. I appreciate it, man. Good luck. Okay.
1: Hey, thanks, Matt. You got it. Take care. Okay. All too. right. Bye bye.
0: I mean, I don't even know. That's a tough. That's tough. The Pennsylvania Automotive Association obviously doing all they can. They're not they're not sitting around. It sounds like the governor's office is not responding. Governor of Pennsylvania is Tom Wolf, by the way. I mean, I know in New York, the New York Automobile Dealers Association, I think the way they got it done was they um They got uh, in front of somebody at the governor's office, Governor Cuomo's office. I listened to a podcast uh, on dealernewstoday.com about a week ago, hosted by Dave Canton. You know Dave Canton? And it was a good podcast, and he was talking to, I can't remember the person's name, the president of the New York Automobile Dealers Association. Uh, And they got the clarification from the state of New York about what they could and couldn't do and implemented it. And I feel like Pennsylvania is not giving their dealers that opportunity. So if you're a Pennsylvania dealer, make some noise. Write some letters. Call some people. Call anybody you know. Make some YouTube videos. Do what uh, what, what Rob is doing. In fact, if you go to LinkedIn and you uh, search, let's see, Rob Ruth, president of Bob Ruth Ford, he comes right up there. And if you click down and go to activity, you can see uh, what he's been doing to try and get – uh, dealers in Pennsylvania to be deemed essential so they can sell cars. And listen, I get it. You want to stay in business, you want to keep your people, your people employed, get some cash flow going so you can pay utilities and pay your employees. I get it. That's why we want to be in business. But transportation is essential. And overall, you're there to provide a product, which is vehicles and transportation to customers. It seems to me that car dealerships' sales operations are essential and I get it. And Rob gets it. You don't want 30 people in your showroom. But if you're going to have a sales manager and a salesperson and a finance manager, and you're going to abide by all the CDC social distancing guidelines, then why shouldn't you be able to sell cars? People need to get where they're going. I go to the doctor later. You know how I'm going to get there? In my car. I don't know. If you can help out. In Pennsylvania. Find Rob Ruth on LinkedIn. If you're a Pennsylvania dealer, make some noise, do what you can. And if you're a dealer in another state, I hope that you found this uh, a little bit useful. One thing I've learned through talking to a bunch of dealers over the last week or so is that you need to have a process in place. It is not enough to say, okay, well, you can buy a car online. Uh, you can come and pick it up at the, uh, at the curb at the dealership, or we'll bring it to you and uh, you can do the whole thing online and then sign the papers when you get the car. It's not enough to just say that. You have to have a process in place to do that. And I think maybe I'll do another podcast about uh, some process ideas uh, on how dealers can make sure they're handling it internally. It's not enough to say that you can do it. You actually have to be able to do it. You got to walk the walk, as they say. All right, thanks for listening to another episode of Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. Another one coming up real soon.